Hey friends, welcome back to the Empowered Jewish Living Podcast. Shlomo Buxbaum here, and you are about to meet an awesome couple that are doing amazing, amazing things all the way out in India. And uh, one of the things that I, I actually really enjoy about social media, you know, it's obviously it's got all the bad things we know, but one of the nice things is that sometimes you just come across, you discover people that are doing great things, original things, unusual things, and uh, and it just gives you a window into the life of other people. And one of the great things about having a podcast is <laughs> that you get to reach out to those people and actually hear a little bit more about their story and kind of get the inside scoop. And um, I got to know Ashriel and Mayan through Instagram. And uh, I reached out to them because I really wanted to hear their story. You know, I'm fascinated by the way that they have uh, constructed their life, you know, in many ways, they do things that, you know, I often wonder about and think about, you know, what, what it's like. So it was fun hearing their story, inspiring hearing their story. Ashriel and Mayan, known on the social media as the Jewish nomads, traveled the world in a van for over five years and volunteered in many Jewish communities before establishing Bet Halev a Jewish home in the magical coastal town of Varkala in India. Beit HaLev gives an authentic Jewish alternative to Jewish travelers who come to India for the ashrams, the yoga, and spiritual workshops, and they give them kosher food, Shabbat, holidays, access to books, classes, workshops, and a warm and cozy feeling of being at home. So I was excited about hearing about both of those things. I wanted to learn more about Beit HaLev and all the things that they're doing. We know that there's tons of Israelis every single year that go to India on this quest. And Ashriel and Mayan are doing so much to reach out to them, but also a little bit about their life on the road, traveling the world, going from place to place, getting into their van and really making all these different stops. And their story is so much fun to hear about really the great, great, sometimes miraculous stories that they have along the way. And it just really comes to show you that like when you open yourself up, when you're willing to just open yourself up to the world and you're willing to give yourself over to the hands of Hashem and be a little crazy and have trust in God, then uh, God will carry you through some of the most you know wild adventures. So it's a great podcast. It's a great story. I think that you'll really love them and I hope that you'll be as inspired by them as I was. And if you enjoy their story, check out their Instagram account. It's the Jewish Nomads. Check out their organization online. It's Beta Lev. And on the topic of organizations called Lev, check out our website, The Lev Experience. We are at levx.org to find out what we're doing. And of course, I really, really hope that you can take a couple of minutes and give this podcast a rating and just write a couple of lines on Apple Podcasts, how much you're enjoying it, and it really helps the podcast get out into the world. Reach out to me. Let me know how you're enjoying the podcast. If you have any guests that you'd like to, to recommend, let me know as well and uh, enjoy this episode. This is the Empowered Jewish Living Podcast, where we explore the beauty of Judaism, the depth of Jewish wisdom, and how to live a more empowered life. This episode is sponsored by OKClarity.com, the place for any Jew to find a top-notch therapist, psychiatrist, coach, or nutritionist, and it's completely free. And I'll tell you a little bit more about OKClarity a little bit later on in this episode. This is a really great pleasure all the way from India 
to have Mayan and Ash all the way from Beit Halev in India and the city. I'm going to try to say this. It's Varkala. Yes? Did I get it right? Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Welcome, guys, to the Empowered Jewish Living Podcast. My first guest ever tuning in from India. Wow, it's an honor. Yeah, welcome. It's really, really exciting. I'm excited to get into your story. I want to understand a little bit more about what you guys are doing today in India, but also your journey to get here. There's so much about the little that I know about your life. There's so much that I want to know more about, and that's why I had this podcast. It's really, really exciting. Before we get into your backstory, just share, by the way, we have over here Mayan, we have Ash, and for the listeners, you you, you don't see them. Beautiful, beautiful young couple that are doing amazing things out in the world. Mayan, why don't you start us off? Why don't you tell us just a little bit of like, what are you guys, what, what are you guys doing today? How come you're in India? What are you doing there? What's the mission? Wow. Okay. So first of all, thank you so much. We're very excited to be on your beautiful podcast and. It's a real schut, it's a real honor for us. So thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so we are actually today, like you said, we are in Valkala, India, which is the most south, south, south. <laughs> point. Southest. Southest. Well, it's a hard word. Southeast, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Southeast, yeah. It's the most south point in India. There's no other, any Jewish center. And in the whole state of Kerala, we're the only yeah, yeah. Jewish center in this whole state. So it's a very big deal. We uh, opened it about three months ago on the first night of Hanukkah. And it was really, 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 really special. And we came here to uh, South India because we knew that there wasn't many um, Jewish centers here. Right. And we came to, we looked in a few places. And when we got to Valkala, we felt that this is a place that better live our Jewish center needs to be in. And now we are here three months later. We just finished a night with 30 people who came to eat couscous, which is a traditional uh, Tunisian food that a lot of Israeli people feel home with this food because in Israel, it's like a custom to eat on Tuesday, this food. So it was very, very beautiful. And it's just these little things that happened here that are just... So amazing. How come, yes. is there a reason why Tuesday is couscous day or is that just the way it worked out? <laughs> no, no, because, because the other day it's Friday. Got it. Okay. But we eat couscous on Friday as well. So they eat couscous on Friday. So in the middle of the week. So it's also okay. a little bit distance between one couscous to another couscous. Because but it's, it's so heavy. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. It's kind of like, you know, Torah reading on you. I have Monday, Thursday and Shabbat, and then you have couscous on Tuesdays. Got it. So I don't know if the audience, I don't know if the listeners, I'm sure some are, but maybe they're not that familiar with sort of the Jewish India scene. Uh, so maybe you can just take us into that world and share with the listeners because they're probably like India. I mean, they, maybe they're, they're completely unaware. So just share with us a little bit about like what is what's the Jewish scene in India? Okay, so so let's go back to the history a little bit. So there was a few Jewish centers in India of real Indian Jews that used to live here for many many years. And one of the, the famous one was not, not very far from here, eight hours on, in the city named Kuchi. 
Kuchi? And still, yeah, Kuchi. And still until this day, there is a synagogue there that every Shabbat they try to, to uh, do Shabbat meal over there and do minyan, but not uh, really, really successful. There's only about two people that are alive from that community that still are there. Exactly. But in that community dates itself ancient. 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 Wow. So there is no much uh, uh, original uh, Indian Jews here, but there is the Nusen, which is the Israeli travelers who are coming all over India for many, many years to, to go on journey. And it's a very, very big scene. The yeah. Israelis, after the army, they need to take a break. And it's, a, and it's very common and popular to go and travel. So many people go all to South America or to India, yes. to the Asia, not only to India, to Asia. And India is just a place that people feel very comfortable because you can really also live simply and it's cheaper. And it's also a place to go through a journey. So it's been for many, many years, a destination that's very popular for people to come and travel after the army, but also for all ages. And lately, in the past few years, it's even become popular for like older people and family because it's easier flights to get here from Israel, and it's uh, you can you can enjoy India in many different ways. Like you can live in a, like you can sleep in a more fancier place, less fancier. Like it's a very comfortable place, and so there's like slowly, slowly more and more Jewish centers popping around. India. Whenever Israeli coming. And so. it's actually called Shvil Achumus, which actually Shvil means the, I hum- love that term. the Chumus Trail, yeah. where all the Israelis go to the same places, to the same places. <laughs> so it's called, like, they ask each other, like, oh, is that place on the Shvil? Like, is that place on the trail? So it's a road from the north to the south. That's so are you on the Shvil? Are you on the path? No. Well, Basically, we are we are going to be part of the Shvil because of Betelem. Yeah. Ah, you're making it. You're extending, extending. We're the making it on the. We're extending. The Most of the Jewish the... centers that are there are they mostly Chabad? So I don't uh, know if most. We don't really know, but many of them are Chabad. Uh-huh. But there is so many others. So that does that are... make you guys a little bit more sort of authentic to the Israelis because you're not Chabad, you're something else? Is that like an unusual? you know, niche that you have? Yeah, I would actually, say so, yeah. yeah. Actually, because we are not familiar with any organization, so people find it more... Uh, Welcoming. Exotic. Right, That's exactly, yeah. yes. There's less There's less barriers. I, re- I remember, by the way, and once... also... Yeah, go. Yeah. No, no, you go. No, I was going to say that I remember once being... I, I spent... Um, I was leading a, a week-long trip in Nicaragua. And we spent Shabbat on the beach, and there was a Chabad there and uh, in San Juan del Sur. And over Shabbat, all these Israeli travelers, they're coming in and they're, you know, experiencing Shabbat. It was, it was a very, very beautiful thing to see. Wow. Yes. It's very powerful. It's, I was going to say that what makes our Betelev, which basically means house of heart, what makes this place so special is that we also really made it into a home. Like, it's really a home. So people come in and they see couches. You don't really see couches in India. Like, mm. Indians don't have couches in their home. It's not something that most people have here. And we really try to make it a home. Like, people come in and they see their black coffee. 
like yeah. the Israelis really like the Turkish coffee. We have tahini every meal. We have like fresh salad. And like we really try to make the vibe of a home. So it's really beautiful to see like the little things that people do here that really feels like a home. Like on Shabbat, people are like sitting on the couches and reading books or, you know, like these little right. things. And that's something that's for us really important to make yes. this home, this place a home. So to really get the point of what is it, what is it Jewish home uh, here in India, or let's say Betelev uh, in particular. In particular. In particular. In particular. <laughs> so it's just, just imagine, and all the audience, just imagine that you are going through a very, very, very long day in whatever you're doing and you go from here to there to there and you're out outside uh, in the world and you are going to your way and then suddenly in the end of the day you just went to your home you park the car you get in you sit in your your favorite couch you drink your beverage that you like and you just like i came home yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that, that feel the the warmth, that feeling of of, of being at home. It's interesting. By the way, do you host home. people to sleep also? No, no. That would be you'd have to be running a hotel. That would be crazy if you'd have. That. Yeah, exactly. We do. We have had people crush the couch many times as if they got stuck, if they arrived late. We even had a few times that we woke up and people were here and we didn't even know. And that's something that we love. Yeah. Like people feeling comfortable to just come. They know that they have a home. If they got stuck, if they got you at three in the morning and they can't find a place to sleep, they just come. Yeah. Um, so that's part of the place, but it's not like a, a you know, a hotel. We don't like it to be connected to any business sense. Right, yeah. right. Wow. Wow. How many like if you would estimate how many Israelis at any one given time are in India? Is it like in the tens of thousands? Wow! Yes. yes, yes, incredible. So, like, what what percentage would you say are there just to party, and what percentage are really there, like, on a genuine spiritual search? And and my my guess is probably most of them are on both. And I don't even see that there is necessarily contradiction there. But I'm just curious, like, if you had to assess, is it more like a spiritual search? Is it more of a you know personal? Is it just you know go crazy, have fun? Yeah. So it's their own personal story. My own personal story. Okay, I personal personal story. I, I do want to get so, into your personal story. So if now's a good time to jump in over there to your backstory. Yeah, yeah. totally go there. So, so I just say that for our feeling and being traveling in the Far East for a while, so India is the most place that people come for this spiritual quest. Because think about it, it's uh, it's very not. And it's very old-fashioned, most of the places. You have no place that open uh, late, and you don't have so much alcohol available and all that stuff. So it's not a place that people will come just to party. But That's uh, interesting. Yeah, I, I, for some reason, thought that it's like a crazy nightlife, but you're saying it's not like that. No. no, no, no. There is some places, let's say in Goa, not far from here, that it's supposed to be like that, but also it's a, it's a different, it's very different. Uh, and I think people coming to India, especially because it's given them time, you can be a, a long time, it's a big land, 
you can travel for many many time and not like course. like when you said go not far from here it's over 20 hours and that's yes. considered close like wow. india is huge wow. it's very right. huge yeah. and there is something in the air i think it, it's not just a chance that there is the the similarity between in hebrew between yehudi and to hodi mm. they're very similar here in the spirituality that people feeling that they are they they it's, it's kind of you must get into some of spiritual quest and i am personality i just sneak in my my own story so i live religious when i was uh, 26 and i wasn't really felt that it fit me i didn't really feel that it's speaking to my heart and i just felt it's not belong to me anymore and i was have to leave it and the, the place that i choose to go to going to a journey it was india and this was 10 years ago. Yeah, it was 10 years ago when I've been here for six months. This is right after you left the army? No, no, no. A few years after. A few years, a few years after. after. A few years after. And just the religion yes. is not working for you. I need to leave. I need something else. I need my space. Yeah, come to India. Yeah, exactly. come to India. And for India, it was for me, okay, I can leave everything behind. No one will judge me. I can start a new uh, path and start really searching for and I can tell for myself that I really meet spirituality at the first time here in India. In the vibe, in the way they, they are uh, uh, do their religious. It was something I really felt what spirituality is, and I didn't feel and I didn't feel it before in Judaism back then. And then when I go back to Israel after six months and I start, I moved to Jerusalem and I start keep my uh, my journey, I really have this connection. When I find Hasidut, I was connected. No, oh, this is the spirituality that I just felt and, and see in India. Now we can find. Now, now I find it in Judaism. It was for me like click. Okay, I find my path. This is what I'm looking for. And and uh, long story short, I. Yeah. 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 That is that has actually been an interesting theme on this podcast, it's come up again and again. My very first guest was a, a, a rabbi now living in Israel by the name of Dover Cohen, who spent, I think, six years living in Asia and India. We had another guest on the podcast, Ayelet Polanski, same journey also, going through India and the gurus to get back to her Judaism. We had other guests on the podcast speaking about how they needed not necessarily to do the travel, but to learn more about Eastern spirituality, to really understand different aspects in Yahadut, in Judaism, that, that they didn't know before. So it's just, it's a fascinating, and it's also one of the reasons why I was excited to have you, because just to, con to connect with that, and for the listeners to connect with that, because it's such a central theme, uh, I, I think of the podcast, and I, I, I've spoken about this many, many times, I haven't been able to pull it off. But I would just love to bring a group. I'd love to bring a group to India or to Thailand and just say, like, you've you've forgotten that, like, Judaism is not a Western religion, right? Judaism is not American. Right? It's an Eastern religion, you know, and it's even and if you don't see religion, if you don't see spirituality in its purest form, you just can't get it. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yes. yes, it's beautiful. So I actually yeah. want to add to what I've yeah. said is that when we met, which was uh, almost seven years ago, and um, when we met each other, 
Ash just was starting like a yeshiva for um, people that are chuzrim that are getting stronger in their Judaism. And I was in a midrasha, a girls like school for for actually reform Judaism. This was back in, back and in Israel. Yeah. Back in Israel before we even dated. And okay. before, when we just met each other, I just came back from traveling in Africa six months. He was living his life in Jerusalem, not so religious yet, still searching. Yes. And when we met, he was in this yeshiva and I was in this midrasha. And it was what actually really connected us was our search, yes. was that we were both searching. And I knew that I wasn't in the right place. And he knew that he was getting to the right place. Mayan, you, had, you, was, you did not grow up religious at all? Israeli. I actually did. Oh, you did? I did grow up religious. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I had my own journey with it as well. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah. And my parents, um, they didn't grow up religious. And they're not from Israel. And they they became religious and they just raised us very open. So I had the ability to to search and and I was very lucky to do so. And when I met Ash, it was something that really connected us, the ability to search together. And Ash told me about India and about his journey there. And I was really, really waiting to do it also, to go to India because I traveled in Africa. I didn't travel in Asia yet. And then after we got married, um, we went to travel in Asia for over a year and a half. We traveled in Asia and India was a big, big part of it. It was uh, six months in India. And we knew during our travels that one day we are going to open a center when we will be more mature, when we will know what we want more. When you know, But we had this dream that we will open a center for people to come and feel comfortable in and for people to come and search. And so we will be able to be not not only teachers, but more just an open space for like yes. a heart that a seeking heart, a place that's searching. Um, and this is what we're doing today. So it's over. It's much more than just a dream come true. It's like it's continual journey. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting kind of. that Israelis. I mean, obviously, they they there's something that blocks a lot of Israelis. I mean, both of you, it sounds like you grew up religious and for whatever reason, you know, you had your own explorations and then came back. Lots of Israelis, from what I understand, who I mean, Israel in many ways, the the because of the the toxicity that happens in politics, I think makes it harder for Israelis to be able to explore spirituality and religion without getting intertwined with with politics and i think maybe when they come to india or it, it gives them more of a chance to just feel like you know they're they're away from all that exactly exactly it's, so do you... it's the whole things about here you cannot understand how it can be that you are not united it's very easy yeah it's very easy here but in some reason in uh, in israel it's just very very hard because of the the pol- uh, let's say the politics the radicals the yeah you know we had a few weeks ago there was a terrorist attack on Shabbat yeah and it was awful and we heard about it because a lot of the people are not religious so they told us about it and we were sitting here on Shabbat day Saturday day outside twenty people sitting outside and all the oh you can't even imagine like 
from all different ages, all different kind of people, religious, not religious, people that like left religion, very radical, like um, Haredi, like very radical, ultra-Orthodox and are not religious today. Like we had everything sitting in one table and we shared how hard and difficult it is. And it's, you know, and may we all say a blessing and a prayer now for the people that got hurt and the terrorist attack. And everybody was so connected. People were like hugging each other and crying. And we had such a deep connection sitting all together. And everybody was saying, this is just unity. This is what Ami said, this is what the Jewish nation is about. We're sitting here all together and feeling this amazing unity. And it's something that I hope that people will feel here and will take with them. Because most of the people are going to go back in just a few months to their regular life, living their regular job. Yeah, and it takes a day, right? It takes a day and you're right back into it. Exactly. And it's very shame. So (laughs) we really, really, really hope that the impact will go longer and we'll be so, able to actually make a difference. I'm curious just to get into like the 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 journey of people when they are in India. Like how do they how do they spend their time? What do they what sparks it for them in there? Is it just coming to Betalev or is it like are they getting involved with gurus? Are they getting involved with yoga? What is it that sparks it for them while they're there like practically speaking? Okay. So especially this area yeah, let's speak about our area because this is what we are most familiar for us. So people coming here to do yoga, to go to go into ashrams, to learn uh, Buddhism, Ayurveda, which is the like this traditional. Is, so this area is like considered the place. That's yeah. you're in a very spiritual area. That's the yes, mm-hmm. yes. Like people come here, especially from all over the world. There's like two big uh, ashrams. Not far from here. And uh, this, like, Valkala specifically, a lot of people come to do um, yoga courses. And there's, like, everywhere you go, it's, like, Ayurveda, yoga, like, on each guest house, on each uh, hotel, it, like, says. It's, like, very, very part of of what Valkala is. Mm -hmm. So that's also the main reason why we chose this place. Yes. Because we want this place to be for people that are searching. So we knew that people are coming here specifically for these ashrams and for these yoga. So we wanted to be the Jewish aspect. Wow. So do you actually, do you offer classes and things like that also or more? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We are we are just in the beginning, but we are planning to do it more, uh, more professional and more uh, regularly. That's so we have, we have uh, many different like um, sessions and classes and people also come especially and ask us for specific things yeah um, and it's very very special let's take a quick break from this conversation to talk about okclarity.com okclarity.com is the place for any jew to find a top-notch therapist psychiatrist coach or nutritionist and it is completely free OKClarity.com's professionals are vetted and have extensive experience working with the Jewish community. If you're in the marketplace for a therapist, coach, nutritionist, psychiatrist, or the like, or if you are a therapist, coach, psychiatric medication provider, or nutritionist, you must go check them out at OKClarity.com. 
Also, if you have WhatsApp, OK Clarity has an amazing WhatsApp status or groups with thousands of obsessed followers. Their WhatsApp is a free way to improve your mental health, and they post great humor, so you laugh too. We'll put the links to their website and WhatsApp in the show notes. Smash those links. You won't regret it. That's incredible. I want to rewind a little bit because I want to hear about more about your journey leading up to there and more about your travels, because from what I understand... Your whole beginning of your marriage, you were devoted. I mean, your Instagram account is Be Free Van, and you call yourself the Jewish nomads. So <laughs> when I said that the this idea of being nomadic, of traveling, that was a decision that that was going to be your way of life. So just if you can just take us back a little bit. I know you said you started out in Asia. Tell me, t- take us through like some of your travels leading up to, to Betalev. Okay. Could I start? Okay. Yes. So Again, you married we, seven years ago. You got you. You met seven years ago. That's uh, that's what I got. Yeah. And almost six years ago, we got married. Mm-hmm. And um, when we met, so I was actually um on my way to go travel for many years, and I I saved money since I was very young. It was like my dream, and I told Ash about it, and he's like, "Okay, let's do it." And he was very on. And when we started, we didn't even expect to be such a crazy, like, it wasn't so fun in the beginning. In the beginning, it was like so intense. We suddenly just got married, you know, traveling together 24-7, going through, like, when you travel, you go through a lot of things because you're Intense, right? Intense experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, like, very intense in the beginning. And slowly, slowly, we discovered that we have we have some amazing things to work on and we built a very very strong uh, relationship while traveling along and after we finished Asia we finished because our money ran out because just for like a year and a half we were just traveling we didn't do any shlichut any volunteering you know here and there we volunteered but it wasn't like we were just having experiencing ourselves experiencing our relationship our marriage and it was very important for us I just say something about uh, <clears throat> the most uh, amazing thing that we reach when we do it that we are understand that there is there is no way to to hide. We are here. We are together. We are twenty four seven together, and very very fast you understand. Okay, we must work on all our difficulties and uh, it, it reminds so me. I don't I, I don't remember what it was called, but I, I I saw a couple of months ago, I like on Netflix, someone they put out like a documentary about a young couple that they decided before they got married, they were going to put themselves in like these intense experiences, like an African jungle and living with trust, just to like really like, you know, cement their uh, their marriage to see how they can do under <laughs> these like intense experiences. <laughs> so it reminds me of So this is how it was. <laughs> yeah. This is how it was. And uh, this is like the best, the best present that you can get, not about the journey, about the, just about a new a, a married couple that just came together so let's go to, into a pressure coop and just make this uh, children uh, ready make it, make it happen you know. exactly yeah so it was really it was really like that and then after our money ran out um, our whole journey I'm not, I'm not going to get into it because it's a long story but basically um, we got to the US and when we got to the US 
then also we got to the U.S. in like a crazy way. I was in Australia and I was supposed to get to Australia and his visa was declined. So it was like this crazy story. And then, of, yeah, and out of the blue, I met someone in the in the Bangkok. In Chabad house. In Chabad, and we become friends like, like that and invite me to come and live in Mahim. Israeli. We did. Israeli. Yeah, but random person. And he Very was living, and... where was he living? In LA. In LA. In LA. And, and he invited us to come live by him. And and invite me on Shabbat, and I can't take his phone number, but I just continue meet him and meet him until uh, Sunday morning when I met him finally when he just was about to go to the airport and I and I take his phone number. So it was just meant to be. So you end up in LA, Mayan. You're in Australia. Yeah, two and a half months apart. Okay, we weren't together. It was crazy because we didn't have any money left and he was in LA. So I had to work in Australia. So, and he was working in LA, we had enough money. And then I flew to, to LA and we were working there for a few months. And then we got a van and we remodeled it. And the one thing that I know is that you named the van. Share with us the name of the van. (laughs) So we called the van Nisim. Perfect. Which means miracle. Yes. Yeah. And it was miracle. We're good with names because it was the perfect name for Nisim. Yeah. We had it was, wow. It's full of miracles. <laughs> we, we will talk about them, but the the <laughs> the most amazing miracle that happened to us there in LA that it was like, you know, a house of a wealthy Israeli that lived there for 20, 30 years and just regularly get into the American way of living. And there is many more like him there. And they used to join for Shabbat, you know, three, four uh, uh, Men. uh, men's together and and buy some food and do Shabbat because that that's why that's why they they, they do Shabbat and yeah, tradition. And we just sneak into it and starting doing kiddush and we starting like um, buy things and cooking actually halot and and food and everything for Shabbat and this. A very small Shabbat meal without nothing, just grow up and grow up and grow up into almost 40 people every Shabbat. Meaning you turned it into like in. a whole, a whole thing, a whole Beit Alev, right over there. It just, just, just happened like that. And just, we just was, it was like we put, uh, uh, you know, yeast into something and just grow up. It, it was like that. And uh, this is, was a miracle. Just understand, okay. This is the things that we are very good at. This is things that very fulfill us, and this is the thing that we want to do for the rest of our life. So wow. that's where it started. Yeah, this... that's where it started. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. how long we? How long did you stay in LA for? For five months. Yes. And then we got the van and we remodeled it, and we were going to travel for like long time, yeah. and we started traveling. And then we reached Northern California and we got to, it was Shabbat time and we were looking for a place to do Shabbat and we found this Chabad house randomly, like super random in Vacaville, which is like a small city in Northern California. Nothing special, really like just a growing city, but it was a nice Chabad family that said that we could park their van outside their, their Chabad house. So we were like, okay, cool. And we had a beautiful Shabbat. It was really, really nice. It was their first Shabbat during at their Chabad house. Like the Chabad mm-hmm. house was really brand new. 
-hmm. And it was the first Shabbat doing in the Chabad house. And it was really cool. And we had a nice time. And on Sunday morning, very early, we were going to leave. And we wake up early and we come to uh, go. And our van doesn't work. It oh, doesn't no. start. And we're trying and trying. And it's like such it's such a city, like a small city. There was no person around. Like no one could help us. You know, like going and looking for people to help us. And nobody could. So we just went back inside the van and went to sleep. <laughs> and then we stayed for six months at the Chabad house, actually. Our mm -hmm. van worked the next day. But we had such a connection with this uh, family and with the whole concept of Shlichut. Um, and just learning so much from this amazing couple that we stayed for. It was exactly the Chagim. Yeah. So we stayed for the Chagim. Right before Susanna. So, wow. so you stayed sort of Jewish like year. helping them, being there, assisting them in their operation, building their yeah. community. Exactly. Most most of our part was cooking, cooking. and bringing joy yeah. and fun. And See, your so van we... Nissim provides miracles for you, even when it's not working. <laughs> and exactly. It's not exactly. <laughs> That's wow. why he's so special. He's a very yeah. special boy, that one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so from there. Yes, and then it... Yeah. Keep on going so, with the journey, yeah. So it was the same. So we did it for three years. We came in the beginning of the Chagim. We just live after Purim and travel for six months. Travel for six months and come back, and again and again. So you traveled with Nisim. Would... That was in the U.S. That you remained in the yes. U.S. What was your favorite and each spot? Each time we were surprised. Our favorite, our favorite spot. I would say Georgia. Oh, Georgia. We Georgia. love Georgia. Yeah. It was very special. Yeah. We, we had such crazy, like, this is a whole podcast of its own. Like, the stories with Nisim were crazy. But it was a very, very interesting journey because it was actually the COVID. And everybody was, like, you know, going through what they were going through. And it was a difficult time for many people. But Baruch Hashem, uh, we were actually very, very lucky. We had our home on wheels. We were going from place to place, but many of like the U.S. park, like national parks, all of them actually were closed. Oh, wow. So we couldn't actually go to all these beautiful places that people were talking about. So we were just going to like these random places and we got to see like such of the real culture of, of like the U.S., like Amish communities and like these small communities in Missouri and all these things that we never imagined that we would get to see. But because we were traveling like in such a time, we got to really, really get to see this authentic and unique part uh, of the U.S. And it was very special for us uh, at the time. And then Nisim, after many, many things, broke down. And we believed that a miracle will happen and that he will come to life. And after about a week and a half of trying to fix it, our engine just went. So we were like, oh, we were on our way to Florida. We were actually quite close. And we were, it was right before Shoshana, and we were trying to think what to do. And then we get a phone call from our friends at Chaban and Vacaville. What are you doing for Shoshana? And I'm like, you won't believe it. Our van just like today, we were told that our engine uh, broke down and we can't, and we can't continue. So we came back to Brought Vacaville. you back to California. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We did the Chagim again to Okoim. And then afterwards, we left to Mexico. Okay. And when we got to Mexico, we were just like, we were going to travel. We've been, you know, volunteering for so long. Let's like, you know, have fun, travel. 
and we get to Mexico and right after we get to, like the first day that we get to Mexico, we write on Facebook, like we're looking for a place to do Shabbat and as beautiful Israeli family invited us to the home, not knowing us, not anything to come in and stay by them. And a fun, fun fact, we were traveling with our dog for the three years we were traveling with our dog in the US. He's our Who dog. Who also has Israel. a name? His name is Bensi. Bensi, okay. <laughs> yes, and he was my dog in the army, in the canine unit. Mm -hmm. And he's a very, very special dog. And he lived to 120. And he, <laughs> and he he lived with us in the US, in the van. And he came with us to Mexico while we were hitchhiking. He's just the coolest dog. And this family, this Israeli family, actually invited us to their home. And we stayed there with, with our dog. And we suddenly stayed at this community. They had a shul in their home. And we were staying with this community for also like two weeks we stayed yeah. by them. And we just realized that no matter how much we try to travel, God is not letting us. God is taking us to these small to these communities, to these places, to these centers, because this is what we're meant to meant yeah, to do. To bring your light. Yeah. Yeah. And even after we left that community, we went to Oaxaca and we got to another community of uh, of Gerim. Of uh, converts of Jewish uh, converts. This is still in Mexico. Still in Mexico. So basically, our travel in Mexico was like from Jewish community to another, wow. and it was not on purpose, and it was very very special. Right. And we we realized that this is what we wanted. We want our travels to be like. We want our travels to actually focus on on the Jewish community Jewish life. and Jewish life and very very different types of Jewish communities. And we continued to travel, and then we came back to give birth to our baby girl, Odell, Odell wow. in the U.S. And then oh, again, that was in, we were, in the U.S.? What? Yeah, we came back from Mexico okay, when I was okay. eight months yes. pregnant. Wow. Uh, we came back to the U.S. Wow. We gave birth to her in the U.S. And then afterwards, again, after Purim, we continued to travel. After being again at the Chabad yeah. Um, and we no, went. Actually, it was before Purim. Ah, it was before Purim. Am I right? We're going to do Purim in the uh, El Salvador. El Salvador. That's and amazing. when we got to El Salvador, we didn't know of any Jewish community there. We didn't know of anything. And it was we got the I to stay like one day before the fast before Purim, mm. and we were searching like trying to find a Jewish community, and we didn't find. And then on like the night. Like yes. Mamash, I I thought of writing on Facebook, like maybe in Spanish, like trying to find. And we found a Jewish community of converts about an hour away from where we were. Wow. And he came to pick us up and he took us the, to mm. his community, about 200 people that are converts yeah. that live in El Salvador. And they whole, the whole community converted together. Yeah, probably they, they they probably root themselves in like Muranos and things like that. You find a lot in South America, Central America, where where they yeah, feel yeah. that connection. Yeah, they call them. They actually they they anusim. I don't know how to say it in English. They were for, forced converts, right? Yeah, yes. forced converts, and they all they all. Uh, uh, Meaning, just for the listeners, they were forced converts back in the times of the Inquisition, but they still have like exactly. little trickles of tradition still sort of within their family that sort of link them back. So they have to do a conversion because they don't know what exactly. happened, you know, throughout so, the lineage. So, for example, so for example, they they used to save Shabbat. They used to to save uh, uh, 
פסח, maybe פסח and it's new, how do you say the... מרסי. מרסי. They have some things that they, they need to save and what's happened at the end, the, the old church just becoming to synagogue. It was amazing. The old community just convert back into Judaism. And what's today the synagogue used to be the church. Exactly, that's what I say. Yeah. They just the converted church. the whole thing, the building, everything. Yeah. And it's halakhically, halakhically from Beijing, from Israel, that came, and you go to those simple homes, and the whole, all of the homes, you see, like, they have, like, the same tuba, like, the yeah. same Jewish marriage certificate, because they all, like, converted on the same day, so they remarried, you know, all on the same day. So you spent Purim with them. Well, you spent we spent with almost three weeks with them. Yeah. We didn't travel in El Salvador, we just spent with them. Uh, we, the, planned, we planned to travel, but we, we couldn't. We couldn't. Yeah. So, was, this is what we're asking for. It was like beautiful to see these very, very simple people that keep their traditions so strong and they know the, all the prayer by heart, by heart. Yeah. because they have to learn it for the... Was, wow, and you see these old, old, old ladies, like really old, I don't know, like over 90. And they know all of the prayers because in order for them to convert, they had to learn everything, but they can't read and write. So they just, they just memorize everything. Yeah, yeah. just memorize Incredible. So it was incredible. It was so touching to see this. I don't know, like something from above just touch. Sent you there. And, and, and everything just come back into the way it was. Wow. And it was... So yeah. where did you go next? Where did you go next? That's <laughs> So I'm, I'm at the edge of my yes, seat here. <laughs> so after so. El Salvador, we actually went to uh, Europe. Yes. And we were, it was going to be our first time in Israel after five years. We didn't go back to Israel um, because during of the COVID and everything, it was a little bit hard to go back. And so we went, it was our first time to go back to Israel. We did Passover in Israel. And then after Passover was, was finished, we, we came just for like seven days. And then we took our grandmother who lives in England, my grandmother who lives in England. So we took her back home and then we already went to travel in Europe. So we were traveling. Where was our first destination that we went after England? It was actually Germany. We had this like, Ash, actually not me, Ash had this vision of going to travel in Germany to experience Germany, not from a place of the Holocaust, but actually to experience it how it is today. Like Berlin, But, sort of the the arts and the culture. Yeah, yeah seeing yeah, the different... A lot of artists. Feel, a lot of yeah, artists many. in Berlin, yeah. Just to feel German without the Holocaust uh, mm -hmm. side of it. But... Used to it as well. But what happened? We went to go stay in like the mountains and this really, really beautiful place called Gemond. And we got there. And you know, it's really amazing thing that we saw in Germany that there's like the star of David, like in like these different places in Germany. And then it says the name, the names of people. The Jewish people who used to live. Oh, in wow. this place. And yeah. it's poof, like crazy. crazy. And then Gemond, we start seeing like in this really, really small village in the mountains, we start seeing like the star of David. And we're like, wow, Jews used to live in Gemond. This is crazy. And we ask some people and say, yes, this used to be a Jewish family here. And like, we were like, wow. And then we had a neighbor of the Airbnb where we were staying. 
And we invited her over for Shabbat to come and do Shabbat meal with us, a German girl, approximately our age, like in her 30s. And we told her to come do Shabbat with us. And she was very excited about it. And we had a really meaningful Shabbat, really beautiful. And she told us that she would love to take us on a Sunday to go around and to show us around. And she went and she showed us around and she told us that her grandfather was a Nazi. And she, it was very, very special for her to do Shabbat with us because this was her first like Jewish real experience. And she comes from such a different It was different healing background. for her, right? Healing to, yes. to have that yes. connection. And she didn't tell us this straight away because I think that it was a little bit hard for her to, to right. share this, this background. But she took us to actually a place, I don't remember the name of this place, mm. but to a place where Hitler um, made in like the most beautiful spot he, he, that he considers in Germany. And he made this like a place that has like a, a hospital so women can give birth um, straight away and to their boys to be Nazis as they are born into this like place. And they had like this whole like camp yeah. for, for Nazis. And we went there with her and being there together with her and with our daughter together in this place. And she's like sharing and telling us it was just the most emotional, crazy thing that we could experience. Right. right. More, more than more than we could ever imagine because we're sitting here with like her grandfather was a Nazi and she is like such an amazing woman and so much filled with love. And we're standing here and talking about everything. And this is the place, huge, huge, huge place that Hitler built right what is it oh, now by the way that place is it did they turn it into like some sort of hotel or a government building or something there yeah so they, they can't really do it because yeah. it's very complicated they've been trying to for many yeah. times to do like to do like plays to make it into like a community place but but there's like it's such a controver controversial place that they're not that it's they all not, not succeeding because there's so much uh, disagreement about this right. Wow. So that's Germany. Yeah, so that's yeah. Germany. And then afterwards we got to Spain. Okay. And in Spain we were like debating what to do. So we actually got into a community home, not Jewish, um, like a co-living space, which is very in in Europe. Like people that co-live, like live mm -hmm. together in one home and they work from the computers and do different things. And we wanted to experience it. But we get there and there's a Israeli woman there Israeli woman. with her family. And we actually did Shabbat there. And now, which this was in the summer, every week they do Shabbat in this place, in this co-living. And they're not Jewish. You're very like wow. the concept of Shabbat. And they really enjoyed it. And they all the time send us like pictures and videos of the Shabbats that they do there now. And it's just amazing to see that even when we got to a non-Jewish co-living, a non-Jewish uh, community, <laughs> in the end, they do so Jewish things there. Right. Now, so that was Spain. That was Spain. And then we got to Thailand. And, and we were four months in Copangan. We volunteered there in the Israeli uh, house. Okay. Uh, same type Israel. of stuff that you're doing now, the same sort of Betalib style? Okay. Kind of, yeah, kind of the same style. We just wanna know, okay, before we Open jump our own place. Yeah, before you jump into the pool, just wanna see if it's this is what we really like to do, this is what we really want. And it was amazing. Say, so, okay, it just was the last approve and then 
right after that we go back to Israel for two weeks and right away to India. <laughs> India. So now that you're here in Bethlehem, so now you're, are you there full time all the time now or is it a few months here, a few months there? So it's actually, it works in India like seasons. So there's a season for the north and a season for the south. So the season for the South is from like October, like September, October, till um, the end of March, April. That's, that's the season for the South. So we will be here each year, please God, um, for, the, for the season. About mm. six months. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And the other six months you'll go back to Israel? We'll be nomads again. You'll be nomads the, the again. The Jewish nomads. Wow. Yeah. amazing amazing so listen i mean for this is was such a, i enjoyed hearing your story so much it's so so incredible it, like it really like it, it pulls up my heart tell me just to, to end like if you could share with the listeners what do you think it is about i mean i i found you on instagram you know and i just i watch a video one or two videos and i'm like like these are the people that I want to come up on my feed, you know, multiple times a day. And wherever you go, you're in this community, you're going to that community and people are are, are drawn to you when you're able to contribute to the community. Share with the listeners, like what, what, what is your, what's your secret sauce? What's your, what is, what, what ignites you that, that you feel that wherever you go, it seems like people are drawn to you and you're able to really, you know, light up the people around you. What, what would you say it is? I know it's asking a hard question because you don't want to, you know, give yourself a pat on the back. But still, I think it's <laughs> worth it to share. Yeah. Well, you start. Oh, so it's it's what it's what God give you to to spread to the world. It's something that you you get with, you born with, and it's something that you're looking to do during your life. One person is. I don't know, do computers. One person is work with people. One person is just uh, open spaces. And this is this is our our uh, abilities. I don't know. It's very hard to say, but uh, I just want to share a really, really quick story that just happened to us a few days ago. And and maybe this is this is gonna be the drive. So we just go on the beach. Uh, it was uh, the the sun just goes down into beautiful and I just go a little bit uh, faster and my hand was a little bit before behind behind and she see my uh, footsteps and it was like she said me look back it's so you make such a beautiful footsteps on the on the on the beach and I just look back and it was very very long beautiful footsteps uh, all over and then just like one blink of eyes after I saw that just a big wave just came and washed everything hmm. and it was such a surreal that just to see it like this is can be my life on earth you just make a beautiful footstep for 70 80 years and just in a blink of the eye it's washed just away. washed away so so it was so okay. That's what we're doing. What we're doing because we are here for a for a second, and we want to do the best things that you do. We want to do what we are really feel that this is what you need to do. And each each one, it's it's belong to us. We really need to ask us what I'm here for to do. 
what my ability is, what I'm good at, what is it, what is it for me to do? And we are very, very uh, blessed that the things that we need to do is just being with people, hosting people, being in the, in the mindset of shlichim, of being outside, and 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 it's the most, most, most job that you can ever, uh, you know, ask for. We are mm. we are just. We are just in a position of giving, but actually receiving, we, receiving much more. so much. I love it. Mayan, you want to add on to that? Yeah. Yes, actually. Um, so we had this week a really, really, really special event at Beit Alev. Um, a few, but one of the really special ones was we had a bar mitzvah for a 33-year-old boy that is a British-Jewish um, man who his grandmother from his mother was Jewish. And she told them when they grew up that they were Jewish, but they never celebrated or did anything. And when she passed away, so did the Judaism. And they knew, but they never did anything about it. And in the past few years, he and his sister have been talking about it and wanting to search a little bit more about it, but not actually doing anything mm-hmm. about it. And he was here in Valkala and he met an Israeli girl, and she invited him to come for Shabbat. She said, there is this space here. It's a very open space. It accepts everyone. You'll feel comfortable. They, you know, just come. And he came, and he really did feel comfortable. And after a few Shabbatot, actually, of not having minyan, of not having enough men on Friday night to have the prayers, we did have exactly Mm. exactly and he was so excited it was his first ever prayer like this on friday night and it was very 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 special and after that ash and like after the whole meal and after the whole experience and it was a very 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 special friday night evening everybody um again like very very versatile and very mm-hmm. big amount of many different kinds of people sitting together and all feeling connected to shabbat and Ash offered him if he would like to have a bar mitzvah on Sunday. And he was so excited. And on Sunday morning, I phoned him again just to make sure that we don't want to push it. You know, we just want to make sure that he's really feeling comfortable and only if he wants. And he said, Mayan and Ash, I am so excited. Please, let's do it. So we wrote on the WhatsApp group. There's like a WhatsApp group. All the Israelis have WhatsApp groups. Mm-hmm. And so we wrote on the WhatsApp group that there's going to be a bar mitzvah and everybody's invited. We were we didn't know how many people were going to come, you know, like 10, this. There was over 30 people that came. Everybody was so excited. We made like a very festival, festive meal. We all got dressed nicely. We like made, they can't buy kosher candy. So we actually made candy and wrapped it up wow. in paper to throw it at him. And we like really, we made like cakes and like we did like a whole bar mitzvah and he came wearing white and he was so excited and it was so emotional and he put on his tefillin and he, wow, I'm just saying it, I'm feeling goosebumps. It was mm. the most amazing experience. And so many people even today came and told me, I've never experienced such a bar mitzvah before. This was the most meaningful bar mitzvah I've been to. Like this is, you know, he himself is experienced a very, very, very meaningful experience. But other people, the Israelis, that unfortunately, like you said before, some people don't have always the best connotation to Judaism because unfortunately there's a lot of baggage towards it because of Israel and politics and 
um, radical people, etc. Suddenly experiencing a kosher, we did everything, you know, in an orthodox way and in a modest and tenua way. And actually having this experience together with everybody was mm. so meaningful. And that for me just made me, you know, realize that we were doing the right thing. Wow. That even just, we didn't do anything much. It was his bar mitzvah, it was everybody around coming. It was everybody who participated together and being a part. But us um, being able to open the space for all of this, that's what made it so, so special. And I think that for me is like beyond Amazing. how I can express. Oh, I love it. I love it. So for all the listeners who want to find you, who want to support your work, and by the way, just for all the listeners, oh my gosh, I've, I'm sure that everyone made it this far. Like I'm like at the edge of my seat for this whole thing, but um can you please share with everyone, like, you know, obviously your work, you need support, you're running your own center over there, you know, in Southern India. How can people, first of all, how can people find find you online and how can they support your work if they wanted to? Um, so we have uh, our Instagram, The Jewish Nomads, and we would love for you to follow along and we try to share daily and also on our stories and also on our reels and we show everything that we experience and that we learn and we try to teach and share that so we would love for you to follow our instagram and we share a lot of course about better live and better live b-e-t-h-a-l-e-z dot org we have a site and it has all the links to donate and like you said like we built this place from our own money we don't have any organization supporting us we still don't have any also sponsors or donors nothing yet we hope that the next time we speak we will have but right now we're the ones that is, are sponsoring ourselves mm -hmm. so really every bit goes a long way and we are working very very hard uh, to really be able to you know bring also jewish books bring a fridge a fridge doesn't work Oh, bring just basic things that will be able to continue to have all this activity going on okay. here and also really i'm just talking about basic things that we Baruch Hashem, uh, our money uh, managed to open this place but what now we need money to be able to continue this place and there's a lot a lot of good things that we need to do so yeah. amazing the, the most the most exciting thing about that that you can be a partner is with something that's so far from you and just buying put a little bit money yeah and exactly you're planting a seed if, you're sharing yeah, light on the other exactly. side of the world it Amazing. doesn't matter if you are uh, Jews if you are not Jews you just can be proud of the, this amazing chesed this amazing uh, place of people feeling at home very far from their home and much more than that and it is a schut which is schut it's mean the Honor. <laughs> yeah, beautiful, beautiful. You know, our organization Amazing. that we have over here in Silver Spring, Maryland is called the Lev Experience. So the Lev and Beta Lev yeah. were connected on the other side of the world. So I, I, everything hope, about the Lev. I hope that the listeners will uh, open up their hearts and uh, support your cause. I'm going to visit you at some point. I've been waiting to get over there, trying to figure it yeah. out. Now no I have friends. Now I can say I have friends in uh, in uh, in Varkala that I have to go visit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll sleep on your couch. Don't worry. Say it better. 
Until you come, you'll be able to say the Valkala better. Exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll have to practice. I'll have to practice. I, I need to work on my Hebrew also when I come that I can speak to the Israelis. But uh, yeah. you guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. I loved Thank it. I'm so inspired. I'm going to go at least, I, I know my first move, I'm going to go outside and give both of my cars in my driveway a name. That's my first move. And <laughs> after that, yeah. I'll go try to make a difference in people's lives. Thank you guys again. Wishing yeah. you much luck and everything that you do. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast and you can always go to rabbishlomo.com for more great content and resources and to connect directly with me.